Okay, look, our Superpower Series class is getting ready to start, and we wanna see you there. I have been able to help so many women find their superpower and help them have better relationships to understand and know themselves better and to be able to take things in their lives that they always saw as a negative and take that and turn it around into a positive and what they're able to use to this very day as a superpower. I can teach you to do all of that and much, much more. You're worth it. Make sure that you go ahead and register for the class. Welcome to Finding Your Superpowers podcast. I'm your host, Kanita Amor Porter, and I have my sister from another mister here with me. If you know me, then you probably know her, right? Uh, this is Andrea Jones, and she is one of my closest, dearest friends. And I'm so excited for you to hear from her because she has all these uh, nuggets of wisdom. Uh, why do you look at that? Okay, nuggets. Come on, nuggets. <laughs> So um, we always have a great time together, but it's very hard to find somebody you can have a good time with, like kind of just talking about nonsense and stuff, but then you can like talk the highest level of business and goals and dreams. Um, and so that's kind of rare to find. You probably usually have one here and then somebody over here, but I was able to find both of them in her. And look, people look, put your face about mine. People say we look alike, like we're sisters. We're called the, <laughs> what they call us the double twins. twins. <laughs> Um, so it was just definitely, and, um, yes, I happen to be the older of the two, but that's okay. That's okay. Yes, I think so. Mm, I don't know. What year were you born? Mm, I'm older. <laughs> a few years. <laughs> so we're going to get started. I can't wait. So Andrew's going to tell you a little about her and what she's going on. And right now we're in one of her workspace. So if you see people coming walking around and everything. Um, that's just because we're in a co-share working space. Yes. Yeah. So Andrea, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, see, my name is Andrea Jones, as you mentioned. Um, I have a background in um, sales and marketing. I use Michigan State and kind of marketing degree. And I thought I was going to avoid all things automotive. That didn't happen. No. I did end up working in auto for some time. And then I found Bumpgates and fell in love with it. And now that's what I do. <laughs> she is always represented. I love that about her. Um, but yes, yeah, so she's a mom of three. Yes, mother of three. I've been married for my 20 year wedding anniversary is July 5th. Is it? Yes. Awesome. Well, any plans for anniversary? Gotta ask him. I will. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we will ask Jason what the plans are. That's awesome. So that's a huge milestone. So she's being very modest. Okay. So tell them about the bakeries that you own. Okay. I own uh, two bakeries are open mm -hmm. um, and I'm committed to four. Okay. By 2024. So we have Sterling Heights. This is the first one I opened in March of 2019. Mm -hmm. It's four and a half years old and doing very well. Um, the Ann Arbor store we just opened in February. Okay. And Gross Point is scheduled to open in October. And uh, and hopefully do more and be open by 2024 at some point in 2024. She's like, oh, I just own a bakery. <laughs> have to pull it out of her right um that's crazy good it's only four and a half years yes and you're on target to open four is there anyone else in the franchise that's doing this yes really okay that's opening multiple bakery in short it's such a short time frame yes 
there are there are those well that's why i'm being tapped on the shoulder and being allowed to do it and i'm i'm asking for the opportunity as well it's because i've proven that i am a dedicated operator and a good operator mm -hmm. um of the six nothing but cake locations in metro detroit Sterling Heights is the, the top selling one and has been for the last two and a half years. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you say that a little louder and say it again? <laughs> Sterling Heights is the top selling nothing but cakes in Metro Detroit. Yes. <laughs> and it's not the oldest. It's not the oldest. <laughs> it's only four and a half years old, but it's the top highest sales. Yes, highest yes. sales. And so is there anybody in Michigan? Because I know nothing but cakes is all over the country, right? Yes. yes. So is there anybody in Michigan that are that's opening as many bakeries as you in the short period of time well we're all we're all on growth plans okay. um the owner of the Novi location which was the first one in metro detroit mm -hmm. um opened canton uh, okay. a couple years ago and then um purchased acquired uh, the troy location and is now opening one in the in the farmington hills west bloomfield area okay uh the owner of the rochester hills location opened in east lansing June and is um, going to be opening more in the western areas around there. Okay. Nice. So, yes, but I am um, definitely um, have different plans mm -hmm. for my growth and I'm the um, adventurous one, if you will. Okay. Uh, so the Novi owner, all of their bakeries are right in a nice little pocket, which is nice and convenient and next to each other. I'm jumping all over the place. <laughs> so people are like, why did you pick well, for example, I'll tell you the story. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to have the Farmington Hills location, okay. the one that the Novi owner is now about to put a bakery in. Okay. That was the first one I was going to sign for. I lived in Farmington Hills at the time. Now, one might think, well, they did say, we usually encourage owners to purchase territories in areas, communities where they already live or are close in. Mm -hmm. And I was like, makes sense. Then I was like, something about it. I was like, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So I, um, my friend at the time um, was working in um, Macomb County, black female, just doing her thing and, and very successful. And she encouraged me to look outside of what was the easy, convenient thing to do. Oh, wow. And she was right. Sterling Heights was born. It's now a superstar. Yeah. And that wouldn't have happened without that nudge. And yeah. so now that's, I feel like part of my recipe for success is to seek out the best community first that mm -hmm. fits what I would like to do there. Okay. Um, not what's convenient to where I live. Yeah, it makes a big difference. And look, we move, right? So mm -hmm. you don't even live in that area anymore. No. So it just makes perfect sense to do what makes sense and not what everyone else, not always, you know, ride the road everyone else is driving on. That's right. Yeah. It is important. Now, yeah. now don't get me wrong, those 45 minute drives from Farmington Hills to Sterling Heights were long, but I, I already used to do that in my sales and marketing career before. It's okay. nothing to me. And yeah. actually, I do my my best thinking when I'm driving. Yeah. And get to catch up on all those great books that I don't have time to read with audiobooks. So. I know. I totally understand that. And it gives you time to kind of decompress at the end of the day, too. Yes. Because I used to work in Dearborn and driving back mm -hmm. and forth, it was a long drive. I used to work in Dearborn. Me, too. Yes. See, we were going to meet each other somewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a great way to get the books in and decompress before you come home. Think of everything that you need to do when you get home. Now you're already like kind of refreshed. Yes. Unless if you're unless you're like a certain type of driver. <laughs> <laughs>
if you're a combative driver, then you may be worked up when you get home. So it all depends. <laughs> okay, so I'm not going to talk to her too much because I feel like we're already going to already getting into her some of her superpowers. But I do want to say this: she is one of the most giving people I know. Um, she does a ton for her community. And we're going to talk about that later because I feel like that's one of your superpowers as well. But I don't want um, to get off this podcast with you and not talk about okay. your, that the heart that you have and how you are so invested in every community that you come across. Yes. Okay. All right now. Okay. So this is how it goes. I'm going to ask you three questions. Okay. What I have found through my, it's been a 15 year journey of learning and self-development is um, all of these superpowers that I have. Of course, I didn't call them superpowers at the time, but it allowed me to love myself, understand that I was unique, not compare myself to others, not to be jealous or envious, and to be able to be a light and shine the light where I needed to shine it. And so I asked these questions of my guests. So their superpowers, when they're revealed, other people who are listening can say, oh my goodness, I have that. Or, you know, oh, I had never thought about it like that. What I do is a superpower. So it kind of empowers our listeners mm -hmm. to be able to kind of find their superpower within. And so the first one is, what do you feel like your God-given superpower is? Empathy. Mm, okay. Can you expound on that a little bit? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring like this just because it's like a, a joke in the family. Um, my father and I are both cancers. His birthday is June 26th and mine is July 11th. And he's okay. also a, uh, a giver, a supporter. Um, and he apologizes sometimes when he's talking to people about how empathetic and giving I am. <laughs> like, she can't help it. <laughs> Sorry, I, I gave her that. <laughs> but that's, I feel like that's both of your superpowers, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, so I, it, it, it can be, it can get me into trouble. Um, but it can also inspire other people. Um, during the pandemic, I I always put people first to 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 my detriment sometimes in some cases where it did bit me. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't upset about it biting me at the end because I did what I felt was right by right. that individual. You can live with your decision. Yes, absolutely. At yeah. the end of the day, if I've done everything that I can, yeah, I'm fine. Right. If I didn't do everything that I could, then I might be upset about that. Okay. But so because of me leading by example in that way and putting people first, when the pandemic, the stay at home order hit and people were closing up shop, mm -hmm. I told my team, I, I had 25 employees at the time, okay. and I encouraged all of them to go home and be safe and collect unemployment. Hmm. And I said, I'll be here just because I'm choosing to be here. Yeah. I'm not expecting any of you to be here. I want you to be safe. I'd rather you be around. Right. So do what's best for you. And five of them insisted on staying with me. That's awesome. That's not something that just no. happens because that's not the stories I've heard throughout this whole the whole pandemic, right? That's when I realized that like um, that empathy that I show and that they see me. Yeah, using is, is is the reason why they were confident that they wanted to stay with me to do that, to be there with me. And a lot of people lost employees mm -hmm. when it was time to come back, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so having them, you know, especially how, how much of your staff is women? Oh gosh, like ninety percent. Okay, right. And so there were so many conversations that I heard 
um, or were, were a part of where women were saying, well, you know, I was concerned because I feel like I need to do the, you know, to stay here, but then I feel like I'll lose my job or I have sickly elderly parents, right? And I need to take care of them, but I had to put myself at risk because I have to go to work, right? Mm -hmm. And so for you to give that option and to release that burden during a time where there was no, there was, everything was uncertain, right? Um, that's really simply amazing. So I love that, that you're able to give them that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's probably why she has the number one bakery in Michigan. Okay. <laughs> in Metro Detroit. Oh. Grand Rapids holds the title for Michigan. Oh, do they? Okay. In Metro Detroit. Um, yes. We're on their heels. That's okay. <laughs> I'm not worried about you catching up and surpassing. But um, that's awesome. So, so, so what is there anything else that you feel that you just get naturally? I, I yes, I've always been that child that was empathetic from the very beginning at a young age, really mm -hmm. trying to put myself in other people's shoes and understand how things impact them and caring a lot about that. Okay. Um, whenever there was a new kid at school, I was the first one to come. That's awesome. Even at risk of knowing that I was going to be teased. Yeah. And the new kid is like awkward and everybody's going to be making fun of that person. And then they're accusing me of like, oh, of course you would go be friends with them. Mm -hmm. And I just did. And then you, that person would eventually have a nice transition into the school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, that was, that was me. My mom tells the story of how in the kindergarten, my teacher called her because I had, didn't have any school supplies. And I remember I didn't have school supplies, but not because my mother didn't provide any because Ms. Donna doesn't play that. I had everything I needed. I gave it away to other kids who didn't have them. So then I didn't have any. <laughs> I remember hearing that story a couple of times. <laughs> and that just shows like your heart, your giving nature. Yes. When I first started the bakery and first had my initial team, the, the assistant managers that I hired were agitated with me mm -hmm. um, because I would encourage people to follow their dreams and they would eventually go do that. Mm -hmm. And they're like, can you stop doing that? <laughs> I'm like, no. Oh, the people who come here to work with us, we get to enjoy them while they're here with us, but, the, but we do want them to move on to somewhere else and do what they really want to do and make them happy. Exactly. That is the goal. And if they gain something from their time with us, then that's a well job well done. That is very true. You see all these good nuggets she has, right? She's such a good person. Now, she's the, she also is very modest. So there's so many different gifts that I know that you have, okay. right? So you communicate, you're like straightforward with your communication, right? Um, so I, I feel that you're a good communicator and that's something that, um, that's not something that comes by easy. No, but so it's also based on experience. Mm -hmm. So in my world, right, in my career, my, my experiences, if I didn't have good communication with someone and it led to something happening or an issue or I felt a certain way about it, I need to make sure that that doesn't happen to the person that I'm trying to communicate with. Yeah. So that's me thinking of trying to prevent, you know, the same type of situation based on what I've experienced. So that's why I, I also have a child um, that's on the autism spectrum mm -hmm. and that taught me a lot about being able to really properly communicate with people with people based on where they are. It takes effort mm -hmm. and enough like care to meet people where they are to best communicate with them. It's easier to just do what you want to do. It's it takes you patience can't keep up. too. If you can't keep up then oh well I'll just you know yeah, yeah that's the easy way or out. leave them behind. Yeah. So 
patience is another thing, right? Because you have patience to say, okay, let's break this down. Let's let me evaluate where they are, and then I need to um, redirect my conversation or yes. change it in some type of way to make sure that it fits yes. on that person. Those are, I mean, I know you said you learned them, but those don't come easy. <laughs> <laughs> And just by having personal conversations with her, she is very direct. And, and don't tell, don't get me wrong, you can have a superpower and then like you know improve it, right? With skills and learning more, and you you should. Okay, so just because something comes easy, don't just do that thing and not enhance it, not learn more, not take it to the another level, right? So. Um, I had to throw that in there because, you know, some people, yeah, you want to, you want to use your power. I use it, you know, I know you're a Marvel fan, right? Yes. We're going to talk about Superman though. Um, DC. (laughs) But just like Superman, like he has all these powers and I've been using this analogy. So he has all these powers, right? Mm -hmm. But a little tiny piece of kryptonite can go and take all the powers away, right? So if you are the communicator, but you don't have patience, Oh, yeah, right. That, that will, because then you blow up. Like you can talk to them to a point, but then it takes away your superpower because you then get irritated and you blow up. So then that ends that conversation. So there's still things that you have to kind of get rid of or learn to be able to fully, um, to fully um, communicate or yeah. use your superpower. I'm also someone who enjoys sharing, hence me giving away all my school supplies. So that shows up in many areas too, because Mm -hmm. when you're communicating with someone, I want to share with them my experience, how I'm experiencing them, Mm -hmm. make them feel comfortable enough to tell me what they feel like they're experiencing. So I'm sharing with you in hopes that you will feel comfortable enough to share with me. Right. Um, And so you're vulnerable, you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable. I do allow myself to be um, that's a strength. Most people are hiding, having a facade up. So for you to allow yourself to be able to be vulnerable and say, hey, it is what it is, yeah. that's extremely strong. It's important to me because, look, corporate America almost broke me. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't belong there. Um, and just me, me being direct and mm-hmm. being a good communicator and you're trying to tell, and they're like, they're doing this politics thing. And I'm like, wait, but I don't understand it, right? Because I'm <laughs> like, you just said A, but you're doing B. So that also contributed to me. Like when I got my own opportunity to have people work with me and I was responsible for them, I'm their leader. Yes. Um, it was very important to me, and it's important to me still that they're able to know that, that they can communicate with us mm-hmm. and, that, and that we're meeting them where they are with that. And you're doing what you say you're doing. That's right. And not like, oh, I'm going to tell you this because this makes you feel yeah. good. But over here, I have to, yeah. you know. So, so yeah. I have had the experience, it's, it's, we joke about it, my team and I were like, people come to work for me. Mm-hmm. And I call it now previous employer PTSD. <laughs> where, <laughs> where I'm genuinely saying to them, okay, so this is your situation. Let's see what we can do. To, to make it easier for you to make it to work and still be able to get the number of hours that you want based on your circumstances. And they're like looking at me like, why are you doing this? It's, it's so crazy. It could be as simple as someone want to take a break. Is it okay if I go and I'm like, yeah, 
oh, I'm not used to being able to take breaks and do it. I'm like, what? Someone's making you feel bad about the fact that you want to take a break? Oh, wow. That doesn't happen here. Do you need to do something? Yeah. Right? You can't come and do it. You can't give me your best if there are other things distracting you that you need to handle. Very true. Now, do do we need to be productive and efficient? Yes, we do. At the end of the day, we need this person to be a whole person. Exactly. And be able to do the best they can. That's what I need from them. No, that's so So true. They need to take longer than a 15-minute break or handle something, that's what I would allow them to do. Exactly. And it's not like they're doing that every day, but things come up, like doctor's appointments or dentist, like, you know, they're like, oh, we're open from eight to nine. Like, that's the time most people are working. Yes. Right? Yes. So I, I totally get that, um, especially being a mom. That's one of the reasons why I would work these jobs or had careers where I was in sales. So it gave me the flexibility to do some things at home or whatever, but you know, I would miss out on so much and I'm like, oh, I can't miss out. So mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to say, well, I need to go on this field trip. I'm gonna start work here, but then I'm gonna just work until like eight o'clock at night, right? So it allowed me to have that freedom. What I love about the generation behind us, even though we're, we are the young generation, <laughs> yes, exactly. um, but they're not going for that. That okie doke stuff that we used to go to, you know, like we used to accept and we would be so scared. I remember being scared talking to, like I needed to take my child to the doctor and I have multiple ones and I had just taken this one to the doctor and I just do it for the other one because the other one got sick. Yeah. And being scared like, oh, and, and having all that tension and like just having that feeling of like, I don't want to do this. And I'm a grown person with children that need to go to the doctor, but still having that feeling. So mm-hmm. I love that you're able to do this for your staff. Um, but then I love the way, I feel like COVID has changed the game. It definitely did. And and so there was a lot of horrible things that happened in COVID, mm-hmm. but then a lot of blessings as well, right? Now that's true. I feel like that's one of them. So okay. I, I like to remind my team when things get tough, the holidays for us is the most busiest time. And during during the stay-at-home order, I told you there was only five of us. Every day was felt like a holiday. I was literally so sore and just beat down when I got home. Oh wow. Every day hmm. for a long time. How long was it just the five of you? I want to say it was like a good 30 to 45 days that it was just the five of us because after a while, some people got bored and knew that we were still open and wanted to come back. And then they all slowly kind of one by one started to join us again and feel more comfortable. They felt comfortable with how safe I was trying to keep them, Mm -hmm. right? And how I was restricting things. Um, but they, they wanted to, to be there because, you know, we also were one of the few bakeries that were open and it was just a very like, emotional time mm-hmm. because people were not able to see their loved ones. They weren't able to, there weren't a lot of options to, you know, get something to them. Yeah. And we had just purchased our first delivery vehicle mm-hmm. a week and a half before the stay at home order. Oh, wow. So we were able to get out and deliver. And so the team, they enjoy being a part of that. Yeah, it makes a difference. It does. You're bringing joy to people. Yes. It makes a difference, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right, ma'am. So give me a superpower that you have gotten through a teaching or a learning and something that someone taught or you learned through a class that you were able to take it to another level. Can it be learned from an experience? Is, if it's a bad, if it's a difficult experience, that's the next question. 
Mm. Well, being organized mm -hmm. is, is important. And well, let me say this, let me back up. I worked for a black female when I was at Ford Motor Company and it changed my life. Mm. Um, she was, it, it, it touched my confidence in a way that it hadn't been touched. Wow. She was just a badass and unapologetic about it. Like men were just like, like they, everyone had something to say about her. <laughs> oh, wow. She was gorgeous. Okay. She was smart and she was unapologetic about it. So I'm sorry, old, older man, that you feel like you should have my job, but I have it. So let's get to work. Like, get over it. Oh, wow. I would be in meetings and in my head, like, yeah. Yes, and she she said something to me once at first that hurt my feelings, and then I realized what it was that she was trying to do myself. Is um, you know, I wasn't into getting dolled up or anything. I didn't wear makeup. Mm -hmm. I just wore like lip gloss and I um wore these suits that were probably too big for me because I was insecure about my size. I was on a very slim size. Okay. Um, and so she said to me, she was like, you are good at what you're doing. You should start walking around feeling like it and giving that off to you. Just some lip gloss and this and that. Mm -hmm. you're, you're a pretty girl. She was like, People will like people like you, and they'll like you even more when you look nice too. And I was like, oh. uh, <laughs> like, why would I do that? But what she was trying to do was, is she was like, listen, you've got some skills here, and I want you to step all the way into it yeah. and be like a presence. Exactly. And that was part of it. Me not being insecure about what I'm wearing, not wearing things that actually fit my body. Me taking that extra time to, to do a little bit of makeup on myself. I wasn't all flashy down, but she was like, you, you can do this and I need you to step into it. She was like willing me to, please. Okay. And I I did get there. Good. But it was, it was just, she was, and she didn't even she wasn't even wearing a lot of makeup. She was just very, she presented herself well and she was didn't need to or chose not to care so much about what other people were saying about her. She was just getting the job done. And she noticed that those insecurities about, even though I thought they weren't really visible, mm -hmm. were visible. And she would say to me things like, aren't you the top wholesaler here, your market? Yeah, I've been willing to talk about you guys. I don't know. So you need to change that. Okay. I need to be seen. I need to make myself Right. I, show that I love that. Mm -hmm. I love, do you still, are you still in communications with her or? <laughs> We're Facebook friends. If I, I need know. some, I can call her right now. I love that. No, and, and, and so we always need that person in, us, in our lives to speak life into us. I'll share a little story. I was at a conference in California and I'm the type of person when I see somebody who's like gorgeous or like, has the nice outfit on her shoes. I'm like, oh, I need to let her know. Like, I, you know, you look amazing. And so I'm standing in this line and we're waiting for, to, for the doors to open to get in to see her. And I see this 
this woman and she's just beautiful. Like she's dressed to the nine. She has this beautiful physique and it was California and it was summertime. So, you know, it was hot. She has her arms out and I look at her arms like, Ooh. like she has, it's like, you know, they're, they're toned and muscular without, but still looking feminine. And I, I walked up to her and I said, I just want to tell you, you look not only, you know, I love what you have on, but you just look simply amazing, right? So she was like, oh, thank you. That's so sweet. She was like, and so do you. And that's the first thing I said. I was like, no, I don't. I said, oh. I said, don't look at the stomach, da, 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 because that's my, um, my, that was my insecurity spot or space. Um, and I said, well, don't look at the stomach. And she said, well, let me ask you this. Why would your body do anything for you if you talk about it like that? Oh, because it hears you. And so at least you had a relationship with that one. This one I don't have a relationship with. And I was like, it's like a punch through the throat. You can't breathe. Right? You're like, and she and she and she continued to say, she didn't leave it there. She continued to say, she says, have you ever heard of the water theory? And I said, no. She says, look it up. She says, but what happens is you take this, you know, some tap water and they take it and they look under, they put it under, under the microscope and they look at it. And it looks like what water looks like. No big deal. They take that same glass and they start speaking negative words to it. They take it, put it in the microphone. It's now it's cloudy. It's hard to see the, the particles that's in there. It's just it's just really ugly, right? Nice mm -hmm. and cloudy. And then they take that same water that they said the negative words to, and they start saying positive words to that water. And they take it and put it on the microscope. And now it's crystallized. It's beautiful. Right. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. She said, look it up. And she says, but please watch how you talk about your body. And ever since that moment, I have watched how I talk about it. Now, do I slip here and there? Yes. But I catch myself. I'm like, oh, I didn't say that. Let me change it. Right. Um, and that's for everything. And even, you know, speaking to people, you know, I'm in the business of like encouraging people. How can I encourage people out in the world and then come home and may not say the most edifying things to my loved ones, the closest people to me. Yeah. And so I had to change how I did that too. Like, I used to. So that same conference, let me tell you what happened. She, so the speaker, Danny Johnson was doing, we were broke up. So it's, it's thousands of people in there. And she tells us to break up in the people like in our little area. And we have to give each other compliments and accept it. And we're I'm like, oh Lord. I can't accept one because if somebody said, oh, oh, that's nice. Oh, okay. I got this from Myers and it was only right. And so she comes past, she's walking up and down and she's like checking in on people and she stops. And then she says, you are absolutely beautiful. And I say, uh, I said, no, you're beautiful. And she's like, no, you're absolutely beautiful. <laughs> no. And I say, yeah. um, thank you. But like, so are you. And then she says, no. Looked me dead in my eye and says, you are beautiful. And I stood, it took me two minutes, like I was purpose sooner than that, but it, it took me a long time to just swallow it and just say, thank you. And that that whole weekend changed my life because that's where that lady told me to stop talking negatively about myself. And then that's when Danny Johnson did that to me. And I'll never forget that. Makes a difference. But no, I couldn't take a compliment. I can now, but I couldn't. Made me think well, I have to work on that with myself too. I don't want to say, oh, 
I say this about this woman all the time. She'll be like looking fabulous or she'll, I, I'm talking about business. We were on FaceTime yesterday and she was like, you see all my curls? She has the most beautiful curls. Um, and like, look at her now, the curls are popping. Like people pay for that. You know what my favorite line is? What? It's a bad one. People will say things like, if I'm getting a compliment, I start talking about how I love my shapewear. Are we having a relationship? <laughs> Are you serious? Do you do that wrong? Girl, got a lot. Great investment. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah, we gotta stop that. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good laugh. It does. Times that you know you can do it because you like you know you want to lighten the mood or whatever. But if you can't ever just say thank you, because why does it? Why should they know you got a little help going on? <laughs> like they don't have to know. I'm giving all credit where credit is. No. So yes. Um, how do we get? So I think this is gonna happen. Because we, so we talked, oh, we talked about the woman who did that for you. Yes. I love that. Did you ever tell her how that has changed your life? I think I have. I okay. don't know if it's how much it settled in with her. Because um, I left the company. Mm -hmm. she, she was, she was disappointed that I left the company. And she supported me after I left where I went to. She was, she was, I was selling mortgages and she would come make sure I did some work for her. Oh, she would do, you do some mortgages? Did yeah. you be a mortgage broker? I did, I was for two years. Mortgage worker for years. <laughs> <laughs> That's another, I mean, you know, I kept being in a situation. I'm trying to help everybody. Can't help everybody. I'm trying to help everybody. Yeah. Yes. We're, okay. So uh, you're reading that book, We Shall Be Millionaires. Yes, I, I have it on, I bought the audible version. Okay, have you started listening to it? No, it's on the top of my list though. Okay, because that book helps people like us to say you can help more people when you're able to have the money to do it yeah. instead of helping less people because you're giving away things for free. Yeah. And that spin on it, because I was raised in a church and at the time like money was this evil thing, and the root, you know, to evil is money. Like, no, it's anything that you make into this big thing. Like, it could be food. Like, if I'm overeating and gaining 600 pounds, like, that is it. Those are just tools, mm -hmm. right? And so we have to look at it like that. So she's helped me to look at it like that. So I can't wait till you start reading it because I want to hear what you think. Yeah, it's at the top of my feet. The next drive I'm on that's longer than 15 minutes, it'll be done. All right. That's awesome. I love it. All right. Awesome. Okay. So give me one of your superpowers or however many you may have by going through a difficult time in your life that you overcame and that you were able to obtain skills from that. And then it helped you and you were able to help others with it. So I consider myself someone who can be an influencer. Like I can, I can get my way often if I really try mm -hmm. and I still think I use my powers for good and not evil when it comes she to is that. very persuasive mm -hmm. and there are times where I, I was aware of that that I could be persuasive like I could influence and um then there was a time that I knew it mm -hmm. and there's a little gap there there's um my when my daughter was diagnosed with autism um 
it was very hard. It's very hard in so many ways. Like, did I cause this? You know, like, how did I contribute to this? And I was, I was someone who was teased a lot when I was young. And so I don't want that for my kids. Yeah. To have anything for someone to, to make them vulnerable to, to pick at them. Right. And so I saw that as a weakness there that like she could, she's going to have issues. Um, so, but what I learned through that experience is I tell people that um, God made sure that I was Kendall's mom. I advocated like no other for that child. And she is so leaps and bounds ahead of where they said she was going to be because of it. Mm-hmm. Like hard. Yeah. Did not take no for an answer. No insurance, whatever. We're going to make this work. Like, you know, mm-hmm. just all around it. And people, people were, were like in the community of people who know everyone about trying to do work with autism, they're like, oh, you need to talk to that mom. They were sending moms to me, okay. telling them what to say and helping them build their story to, to advocate for their child. Yeah. Um, and it just, it just, it just, a, a, a switch was flipped for me to know that I'm, I can do that. And it doesn't, I can do it also for her, but for other things too. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I became a much stronger person after that. I love that. So it, it, it shows up in so many ways, my experience with having a child on the spectrum, and it's particularly Kendall. Um, that girl has a strong personality. She does. I don't think she thinks that there's nothing she can't do. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not like... Yeah, she definitely, mm-hmm. she's such a, um, she has a emotional connection with like every person that she meets. She's had it since she was a baby. Mm-hmm. Like when she was a baby, she would just touch your face. Oh, really? And always want to be touching you. And just, it's, it was like her way of saying hello. Mm-hmm. And she could tell when people were going through things. Like someone might be sad and you won't even know they're sad. And Kim was just like, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's something that. to watch. Does she still, she still has She that? is, so this is why, like, she okay. sometimes has to be spoken to because you have to remind her to worry about yourself. That comes oh. up all the time. Okay. And she is, she's a champion for everyone else, which is just good to honestly, mm-hmm. but she goes way over there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? She's all the way the boundaries, but that's yeah, good. She's all the way <laughs> But yeah, so I love that. that's where I come from. But, but it shows up in in many ways. Um, so people telling me that my daughter couldn't have this therapy with this situation. I paired her education with her therapy. It wasn't being done at the time. I insisted. I paid out of pocket and we went into debt to pay for the things that insurance was telling us no. Okay. And watching that turn into something amazing for her and making all the difference so just knowing that it's important to do all you can it's important to to fight those battles and to advocate for others who can't advocate for themselves yeah and I I apply that to so many things people telling me I can't do something or that Kendall can't do something I can't do something to me it's all one thing don't tell people what they can't do exactly I'm gonna prove otherwise. Yeah, don't tell this one what she can't. Yeah, do. don't. Ever. She's like, what? Oh, <laughs> I'm just. I wasn't even thinking about doing it, but I'm gonna yeah. do it. I'm gonna do it well, just to prove a point. <laughs> Someone actually, when I told them that I wanted to do green, green, laughed in my face. Really? Said you can't do that. I 
are you going to do that? Okay. Well, have they said anything since then? Oh, they think I'm great now. But <laughs> it, was it, it was definitely, it was definitely like, okay, all right, you said I can't do it. Okay, watch it. Watch this happen. Exactly. Move over. But I, I try to, I advocate the same way for my team members, people who work for me, mm-hmm. who my customers, my, my guests, who yeah. come in my bakery, who are, who are eating things and are doing things for me. Do it in the community too. Yeah. So it, it shows up in many ways. It does. And I love, that's one of the things I love the most about you because um, <laughs> we've been in many conversations or situations where she'll be like, she'll stop, but she'll just wait, wait, what? <laughs> Wait, 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 calm down. Let's let's figure out, let's see what's Who's going on. <laughs> going on. Let's, let's look at the picture. But people don't have enough people advocating for them. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I love the fact. So I'll tell you this. There's so many people that I, I know personally who has children who there is something just quite not right. Mm-hmm. And you know it as a parent, mm-hmm. but you choose to ignore it. It does not do you, your child, any any benefits, right? And it's because of it's it's fear. I get it. It's 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 fear. It's all these different things that you may be going through. But at the end of the day, if you don't address it, it gets worse. Or it's something that can actually revert itself if you get the the proper. Yes, and, and this is something too. So Kendall is high functioning, is what they would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people would say things to me like. She doesn't look like she has autism, which would have it's, it's a spectrum, okay? Yeah. And, and, and let's just say this. Whether she has autism or not, this is what I say to people. She needs these services mm-hmm. for her. Okay. Whether she has this diagnosis or not, these are the services that she needs the support with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how people should be looking at it. This child needs this, what they mean. but because of the way that it was set up with healthcare and everything, you had to have a diagnosis to get those things, or else you had to pay out of pocket for yeah. it. Her ABA therapy was four thousand dollars each. Oh wow! Well, that's yeah, yeah. So I mean, you're like they're gonna, she's gonna get it. Yeah. So uh, you should, you should, you should act on it. Yeah. You should seek assistance should seek resources. I am a person, so growing up, I was dyslexic, didn't know I was dyslexic, and ADHD, all that, um, didn't know it and had to find workarounds. Now, my workarounds benefits me because I don't let things stop me. I'm like, oh, that didn't work. Then I found my workaround, right? Mm-hmm. But, oh my goodness, life could have been so much easier for me if I had the help that I needed at the time. But everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. Um, and now that I know this, or my, even my skin disorder, and I gave my skin disorder to my kids. Um, and, but because I had to go through it and figure it out, I I figured it out for my children, right? So yeah. it's like to be that advocate for that. So just because you didn't have it doesn't mean that you can't now advocate for someone else. Right. I will tell you that also, just thinking about this as you're talking, how it relates to my kids and what my kids got to see me do especially my oldest, right? Mm-hmm. She was four and Kendall was two. Okay. And um, so people treat you differently when they don't understand what's going on with your kid. Mm-hmm. This is where the walking in someone else's shoes comes in. Okay. The fact that I have the ability to be empathetic and other people don't. Yeah. The judgment that comes with it. Um, and so 
it's those they make you feel really crappy. Hmm. My child would throw a tantrum. She also has an auditory processing delay. And mm -hmm. so she had a hard time communicating with us and she would get frustrated. We're irritating her. Okay. Right? That's what's causing this. And we don't know we're irritating her, but that's what the problem is. Mm -hmm. And um, she was throwing a tantrum. And this woman came up to me and said, Looks like someone needs a spanking. I'm in the mall. <laughs> like, I was like, Did you just, did you just say that? So I found my way of quietly telling people to shut up. And it was through my clothing. I would find all types of pens and shirts with sayings and things that let people know back off. Mm. I wore it like it was armor. Oh, wow. Like okay. someone would say something, I turn around, you see my chest, you see what the shirt says. Okay. Back off. I had, we went to, it would say things like that are obnoxious. Like I'd be in Target wearing this shirt because Target, I was like, I'm not not taking all three of my kids to Target. I'm not going to be restricted, right? I'm in there. I'm that mother. Yes. And I would wear this one shirt that says, keep staring. That just might cure my child's autism. That's what my kids. Oh, wow. Um, Kendall, when we would go out to big public places mm -hmm. and she would have, she's had some sensory needs. She had a shirt that said, freeze, I have autism, I'm not afraid to use it. I had it on me and it was like armor, because then you can see that they're reading it and then that you see their face change. Yeah, yeah. And what a wonderful world this will be if we were curious instead of condemning or judgmental. You know what I mean? If we just were curious, Right? It's just like a little small switch to say, oh, why she had that? Or um, instead of saying, huh, I wonder, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, the, it's the same question, but with a different, um, a different motive behind well, it. Why there and just why don't you try to be helpful? Well, yes. Well, we got to get to that point first. first thing <laughs> my husband gets very, he, he, okay, Kendall, okay. worry about yourself. It should be Andrea and Kendall, worry about yourself. <laughs> because I have approached mothers in public not knowing whether their child is on the spectrum or not, but just giving them support that they didn't ask for. Mm -hmm. And that's, I feel like, one of your superpowers through going through this difficult time and journey, right? To be able to see that they need the help and know that just by you being there or saying, I understand or giving a helping hand allows them to be like, oh, everybody's not crazy or I'm not always being judged. I would have loved to have more of that and not been judged. So why would I do that to someone else? Exactly. I, I have spent this one time, I spent an extra 45 minutes in Target because I was walking up and down this aisle with this one woman because her son was, was cutting up. Okay. And I stayed with her for the rest of her shopping trip with my child, with Kindle in the cart. Oh, wow. Because she was holding hands with him in our cart. Yeah. We're not even shopping for the same stuff. I'm like, okay, where are you guys going? All right, let's go. Okay. I don't even know her. Yeah. But let me tell you, this is another reason why. Like, it's not about monetary gains and all this other thing. I feel like when you do good in the world, you do good for people. It just comes back at you, right? And and yes, if you're in a bad circle of takers, which givers find themselves sometimes in, mm -hmm. and you don't see a return on that, and then you have to kind of do an evaluation, like, am I just around takers or is it something else, right? But when you're amongst 
other people, good people, people who give as well. And it's kind of like a give and take situation. It just comes back to you. It just comes back to you. And so the amount of success that you have been having all the way through your life, even your dad, because I know he's a big giver, but mm -hmm. I know he just the success that he has had. Um, it comes from your place of giving and your open arms and you're helping and you're caring about other people. I could say the same thing for my, like when I'm like, oh my goodness, da, 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 you know, somebody will come and be like, hey, da, da, da. they don't even know that I'm going through something, but they just come at that right time and that right place. Right. And in, so in this business that I'm in though, to that comes into play, I'm the person like, give me the most difficult person that walks through the door. Watch me have them apologizing to me before we're all said that and it, it happens. It works like 80% of the time. Because most of the time people are cutting up, it's not really about what we're doing. It's no. more about what happened to them that day or whatever they're dealing with. Exactly. And unless we have the ability to, to give them some grace, mm -hmm. then you're gonna just be miserable and frustrated. And I yeah. taught my team to do the same. And that's the thing. If they, why not give grace? It's the easiest thing, right? We're, none of us is perfect not one of us. I wish I would like to say I was, but there's, I'm very far from it. Um, but no, we just need to uh, treat people how we want to be treated. It sounds so simple, but yes, it's so hard to do. So yeah, it is hard to do. Well, you know, I, I think for us, it may be slightly easier because we've been there, done that experience thing. So it allows us to be able to be more compassionate and, and give grace, right? But other people, they don't look at it that way. I had a heart, you should have a heart, right? You know what I mean? And so just just give some grace. I There's something that, I'm trying not to get off topic here, but there's, that goes along with something else that I am just affected by in this world. Like sometimes I tell people, I'm getting in deep conversations with individuals about my personality. Like, I feel like I'm not supposed to be here in this time period. Like I don't belong here. Okay. Why? Why? Why am I so affected by how people are treating other people to the point where I'm, you know, disrupted and distracted by it? Like I feel like, but I tell that I. What it comes down to when we end up talking about is the fact that um, I'm I'm disappointed in a lot of people, and I need to adjust my expectations. Yes. So my expectation is this passion that I had inside of me to do right by people that you also should have. But everybody's not. Everybody yeah. doesn't have it, right? Every, we all have different, different. So a couple of things. First, there, and not trying to be funny, there are some people here who are meant to, um, they have a purpose in life, right? And they're meant to just do their day to day. There are some people in here who, um, are meant to do great things, right? Um, and then there's some people who are meant to change the world, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And the higher you go up on that scale, the fewer it is, right? And so um, you're not going to find yourself often. You're, you're not going to kind of fit in because you are an outlier. You are here to change. You're here to make a difference, right? So you're a leader and to be an effective leader as you are, you have the personality that was given to you, right? Mm -hmm. You can assume that everybody else is going to be high functioning. You are an extremely high functioning person and people can't uh, comprehend it. They can't understand it or they don't have the grit and gut to go through it. Grit and gut to go through it, yes. 
because that's why I didn't belong in corporate America. Yeah. I was always that annoying person in the meeting. I was like, well, wait a minute, how does this impact all the employees? No, they're gonna be like, but, <laughs> if, but let me tell you this: if they were a good supervisor, um, they would use you to be able to see the things that they couldn't see. Yeah, I was an irritation to them. But it, right, but you're an outlier, and every company needs an outlier. They do to think outside the box. They do. But when you're in a culture where they just want you just to follow this. That hinders growth, uh, innovation, that hinders so many different things. So every company needs an outlier, right? They do. And I, I created my own job at the company I was at before I went to do Buntland stuff. Um, <laughs> Buntland, I love it. Uh, I, I saw a need there for a leadership training and I was frustrated by people having lack of empathy and all these things. And I was like, that's it. Went to a few HR conferences. I read a book. I'm like, we need to do this. And it led to a whole lot of other things. And instead of me being an HR specialist, I became a director of organizational development when it was all said and done by me transitioning and pushing that slight shift in culture. So how many people don't see it? How many people see it and won't do anything? How many people see it and just will complain about it? And then how many people will see it do something about it, right? Yeah. So you're you're one of the very few. In right? full disclosure, I was also empowered to do what I did because that company was owned by my father and he was the boss. But however, I will tell you this: he was also at that time blinded by the same thing they were blinded by, and I had to get everyone to see that. Okay, so I'm gonna go in there. Sometimes it's harder oh, no. to do it with family. Oh, absolutely. Because they're like, oh, just, mm-hmm. right? So that is like, I'm the youngest. Yep. Is that's even harder to do when you're doing it, especially your, your father or your parent or whoever that person is, don't see it themselves, right? Yes. So that means you got some big game on you, girl. I, I tried really hard. That was, that was one of the hardest things to do is like, you, you see something, you put, I'm a daddy's girl. I put my father on a pedestal that he did not ask to be on, mm-hmm. right? He is human yeah. and, and he has flaws just like the next person. And that's what I learned by working with him mm-hmm. is that that does exist. Yeah. There were things that I had to bring to the table or push him to adapt, yeah. you know, or adopt to, to do things. And also I drew a line with professionalism too. like. He loved the joke about me being his kid and tell people, and I would be like, I would ignore him and be like, so, Mr. Comer, I call him by his first name, drove me nuts. <laughs> and people would say like, you just, yeah, because we're in the work setting. This is where we are. Exactly. So as soon as he, as soon as he uh, retired that company and sold it, it was like, oh, hey, dad, nice to see you again. <laughs> that was awesome. I wonder... You should ask him what's his take or his thoughts on those days. Oh, <laughs> I'm, sure like, yeah, I'm, not I'm sure you have a lot to say. Oh my goodness, you'd be, you'd be surprised what his. So I remember um, me. So my dad was our youth pastor, mm-hmm. and during that time, I was the teenager. So my older sister was um, kind of out of that phase, just towards like the the end part of her teenage years. My younger sister's four years younger, so she hadn't just quite got there yet. So I had this time where 
it was like me and my dad and I was able to kind of like working with him and and it was my friend group that he was like mentoring and all this other stuff so I had a time to work with him but just kind of we were talking about that just recently because he did the podcast episodes and have the conversation afterwards and just to kind of see like the thought process back then was really amazing um even though I had the force to do the part it's like dad oh no you know everything is no first no 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 and then at the end of it he's smiling that was good um but um i would yeah if you decide to do it i would love to hear like what his thought was i'm sure he would have a lot to say i know he does have a lot to say he has a lot to say now still like even my parents are true like they had a lot of hustle and grit and that's where I learned it and um they support me in everything and like my dad is just turned 76 and he'll be out there talking about these bunk cakes and have, he is the best salesperson <laughs> for, for bunk cakes and he let everybody know look my daughter owns this she's about to do this and I love hearing him say this to other people because I just see the pride in him like like he's a proud dad and, and I just love that and every time because I see him often at these events right? yeah. and he's talking to people and I, I just sit back and I watch him <laughs> and the way that he goes about it to different people but he's a people person too yes I don't think he ever leaves a stranger he oh my gosh drive my mother nuts <laughs> when she starts talking to people instead of not judging them but yeah his business card I gave him a business card because he um I can't be everywhere, right? Yeah. He lives closer to Ann Arbor location. So more people know my dad than they know me. Okay. Um, and his business card says Bunk Specialist Proud Papa. Oh, I love that. He loves giving those up. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Yeah, so he did that. My mom is like the bakery mother, if you will. Yes, she is. You know, when Miss Donna shows up, everybody like, oh, you better do that right. Donna showed up. <laughs> She's awesome too. That story about my mom working in this business during the holidays, I told you it's crazy. And people really just they're very stressed out around holidays. Yeah. Right. So some people, it's our first Easter we opened and mm-hmm. we was, you know, we were moving slower than what people expected. And they were just there were some complainers and people who weren't nice and some people who weren't nice. Okay. Right. And I remember my mother, <laughs> she, she stomped her foot. It's like, what's wrong with them? It's holiday. <laughs> right? Yeah. Get it together. I love that. Okay, so we talk about how you are like all in the community, you give back. Have you like what is your experience been by you giving, right? It's not always just you giving, you receive as well. Yes. So it's it's funny how that works. Uh, I'm making sure that I have awareness about us being here and who we are and what we do and meeting other people in the community and making those connections and building relationships are very important. Mm-hmm. You never know when you're going to need to cash in on one of those relationships and, and, and ask for help. Right. Um, I, I really care about my, my team members and I, I put them first. Mm-hmm. And so if they're having problems, I want to be able to be a resource for them and support them. And I actually, through networking and connections, um, 
met Linda Celia of the Butter, you know, like the Butterfly Collective, and I never thought that I would have to contact her for two of my employees in the four and a half years that I was on this journey, but I did. She, oh, helped, she helped one of them make it way. So just to let you know, the Butterfly Collective, Lynn Paselli is a dear friend of ours. Um, she owns the Butterfly Collective, which is it's a resource for survivors of domestic violence. Yes. And um, she has the passion to help these women. And she, it's kind of like a la carte, like how she helps, right? And so she was able to help two of your employees. Yes, I, um, I have been supporting the Butterfly Collective when I met her because I think she was amazing. Yeah. And I just wanted to support the cause, right? Yeah. So I, I do fundraisers. She'd be in the bakery. A percentage of sales for that day would go to the Butterfly Collective. And then I actually had to call her one day and say, I have someone who oh, need your help. Yeah. And she helped. Yeah, that's awesome. And they do such a good job um, and making it discreet as well. But we all need these resources. So it's not always just about giving. Like you said, you never know when you're going to need it in return. Mm -hmm. And so that's wonderful that you have that connection, that relationship. So she can then both like extension of your family, right? Because yes. your employees are close. And I love that about my opportunity in this business is that I like to create, build relationships and build genuine connections with cake. And I'm saying with cake because that's what I sell, but it shows up in so many different ways. Yeah. Like my employees that, if I, I've had employees that are nursing school majors, mm -hmm. right? They're medical school majors. Well, I'm on the board of Henry Ford McComb. Would you like to meet a chief nursing officer and ask them about what your career path? Yes, I love that. Okay, let's set that up. Yeah. That wouldn't happen. Exactly. If I hadn't, you know, connected with people in the community and then donated cake to the hospital and built a relationship there. That's so true. I love that. Yeah. And I would even say instead of with cake, it's through cake. Through cake. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Because, because you're doing through it cake. through the yes. I love that. And see, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you can make a difference. It can be through cake, it can be through just anything. Everyone needs someone. And so if you're not giving back, if you're not volunteering a little bit of your time, you should think about doing it because you never know how it's going to impact, affect or impact mm -hmm. others. But thank you, Essie. She's simply amazing, man. Well, thank you so very much for being here with us today. I love always talking to you. I tell you, she has amazing nuggets. Um, her, just she, her personality is infectious. So if you get a chance to meet her, you'll see what we're talking about. But definitely check out her bakeries. Um, she has the one in Sterling Heights. That's off of Hall Road. That's right. She has the one in Ann Arbor off of Washington 23. 23. And then we will uh, look out for the ones and going to be in the village on Kirchville and Rose Point. Nice. And then soon you'll hear the uh, other information. We'll have a list of all her bakeries there. Um, and then all the things that she's doing uh, that she wants to add on there. But uh, thank you so much for being my guest today. Thanks for having me. So if you heard anything today that inspired you to look into yourself and say, hmm, I wonder if that is one of my superpowers, we would love to hear about it. So make sure that you, you can get on our socials and tell us, or you can DM us, slide into our DMs, um, but we would love to hear it. So until next time, I can't wait to hear about your superpowers. Goodbye. So